Chapter 17 Two vehicles, front and rear, parked cars on the sides. I was boxed in, with nowhere to go. I could see nothing behind the GMC's tinted glass, only the reflected gas station lights in red, white, and blue. The Toyota behind me flicked on its high beams, and I looked away from the rear view. I pulled my backpack from the passenger seat, opened the door, stepped out, and turned to the Toyota. I had my hands up and open, backpack on. A guy jumped down from the bed of the pickup truck. It was the big guy with the bat tattoo across his face. The bat wings covered his eyes, like theatrical makeup. He was holding a pistol, held low in front of him. The guy stopped a couple of yards away. I could see him peering into the Ford, not finding what he was looking for. Where's the girl? I said, Did your mother abandon you? Are you still wondering why? Where's the girl? Last chance. Before what? Before I waste your ass. He worked the slide back on his pistol. I said, Take some advice. Get back in the truck. Drive away. The guy's lips trembled. I told you last chance. He brought the gun up. Instead of moving away, I took a step closer, because I did not think he wanted to shoot me. Not yet. The gun was another Glock, the muzzle square and ugly, with a barrel hole that looked right at me like a single eye. I said, you're pointing a gun at me. I tend to take that kind of thing personally. Man, who the fuck do you think you are? Mr. Wiseass. If I was in your position, I'd be on my knees begging to live. I bet you would. Which made him even angrier. The face behind the bat tattoo had reddened, and the guy approached me with his gun pointed at my head. I was watching the trigger finger, curled inside the squared-off guard. I wondered if I had been riding him too hard. And then, a staccato series of pops echoed out from the direction of the multiplex. Six shots. For two or three seconds, regular noises stopped as people paused. I recognized the sound immediately. 5.56 NATO rounds out of an AR-15 rifle. The fire was semi-automatic, the shooter making one pull on the trigger for each shot. I looked up at the bat-faced guy, but he was looking over toward the multiplex, where the shots had come from. I figured everyone in the parking lot was doing the same thing. The bat-faced guy had lost focus, and I seized the moment. I stepped into him while ducking below the gun barrel. At the same time, my right hand was on the cue ball sap handle, duct tape feeling smooth but grippy with all that coiling. The guy grunted in surprise and moved away instinctively, which pushed him off balance. His gun was moving down toward me again, which was not optimal. So I twisted left and started to bring my right arm up with the cue ball sap. He got off a single shot, which blew past me, but dinged into the Ford rental like a bell being slapped. About an eighth of a second later, the duct-taped cue ball slammed into his jaw, back around three inches from the chin. Cue balls are a half a gram heavier than the other balls on the pool table, the stripes, solids, and the eight ball. Six ounces on average. 
which might not seem like much, but the mass of the ball itself gets multiplied by speed and time. The mass of that cue ball multiplied by the speed of my arm, and the time I had to unleash the blow, resulted in enough force to take out the guy's jawbone, smashing right through it and snapping his head back. He dropped like a stone. And by the time his body hit the ground, I had picked up his fallen glock. I slipped in between parked cars and ran down toward the cinema, head down. I had told Dave that if everything went haywire, I would find them, and everything was going haywire. More shots were popping off, same weapon, another sequence of five rounds. No return fire from Dave's shorty 40, which was concerning. A one-sided attack. Shooter with an AR-15 rifle firing NATO rounds. The back of my mind registered 10 so far. AR-15 magazines usually take 30 rounds. 20 to go before the shooter had to change magazines. The back of my mind said, 20 rounds is enough. The front of my mind was registering the growing panic around me. First, it was a woman hustling kids in front of her. A responsible parent, who maybe heard gunshots and was getting her kids to the minivan getting the hell out of there, and perhaps stopping by a food franchise drive through on the way home. Other people were just looking around curiously, too cool to panic. I passed a couple of young guys with their girlfriends. They both had stupid grins on their faces, while the girls were not embarrassed to be worried, which made sense if you consider that teenage girls are often more sensible than boys their own age. One of the guys had a baseball hat on backwards. He said, what is that, like a gun? The other guy gazed around a minute, grinning. I went on down the feeder lane toward the cinema, holding the looted Glock against my leg, and ran into Mallory, Dave, and Elena, huddled between the Bronco and another car. I said, who's shooting at you? Mallory said, nobody's shooting at us. I thought it was you getting shot at. I shook my head. Nobody's shooting at me, yet. I got boxed in by them. I used the shots as cover to get away. Three more shots were fired, and I popped my head up to look. The fire was coming from the direction of the parking lot exit. Another shot. Screams. A stampede of panicked running. I said, Fire is coming down from among the parked cars. A man was dragging a boy by the hand, walking fast. Like he was trying not to break into a run, so his son wouldn't see Dad panicking. I halted him. Did you see what's going on? The guy was breathing heavily, he said. Someone got out of his car and started shooting people. Get the hell out of here. He dragged his son away. Mallory shook her head and said, Active shooter, on top of everything else. Another volley of five gunshots from the shooter. People were streaming away from the source. I got down, and looked under the cars. There was a body down, about twenty yards away. Closer in, I saw a woman huddling behind a Range Rover, stabbing at her phone. There would be a dozen people doing exactly the same thing. The police would start arriving soon, minutes away. I figured, like in every crisis, there was an opportunity here. I said, we're going to have to respond. Dave and Mallory. 
You need to direct people to a secure location. We don't want them crossing the shooter's line of fire. So move them along the wall and into the Walmart. Looks like he's among the parked cars. But that might change if he's mobile. Mallory said, What about the people trying to kill Elena? Aren't we worrying about them? I said, They're not going to stop hunting us just because of this foobar situation, so I'm going to take them out. Use the confusion. Dave said, What about shutting down the shooter? I'm going to try both at the same time. I was looking around the parking lot, tracking the vehicles. There was confusion and cars blocking other cars, as folks started trying to get out of there. I climbed up on the hood of the closest car. It gave me height, and I was able to see the Toyota, stuck in a feeder lane about 50 yards away, toward the Walmart. The GMC was higher up the incline, in a thoroughfare lane by the gas station, covering the exits. There wasn't anyone in the bed of the Toyota truck. I had put the bat-faced guy down, but there had been four total in the Toyota, which meant at least two of them were on foot. Made sense. One or two guys in the car, and others on foot either side, trawling through the parking lot, searching. I climbed down again and pointed two fingers at Dave and Mallory. You two get the civilians safe, then take the Bronco and wait for me up by the gas station. They don't know you yet, or the vehicle, so better keep it that way if we can. There's a hostile GMC sports utility vehicle up there, filled with bad guys. Smoked windows. Stay away for now. Mallory sprung up. Come on, Dad. I watched her stride out into the open, and used that commanding Lieutenant Colonel's voice. Folks, we need to get you safe. The safest place is the Walmart. We need to get there by moving in single file against the building, now. Dave was already finding civilians huddled down behind whatever cover they had been able to reach, corralling them toward the building. I looked at Elena. Good to go? Elena brushed the hair out of her eyes. Good. Yes. You seem to be the expert. I held the Glock taken from the guy with the bat tattoo for Elena. Know how to use this? I fired one a few times. What else is there to know? Not much. Just don't point it at anyone you're not planning on shooting. I checked the load. Full magazine. One in the chamber. Gave her the gun. And took the other one out of my waistband. 